0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abundology podcast. It is my favorite time of year. I get to talk to one of my favorite people, the astrologer Deborah Norton. Deborah's been my personal astrologer for about a decade now. And quarterly, we get together and talk about what to expect for that quarter. But at the end of the year, we talk about what to expect for the whole entire next year. So I'm super excited to hear what's in store with the planets for 2024. So welcome, Deb. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I love being here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love chatting with you.
0: <laughs> I know. it's so, We always have so much fun talking. So. Yes. Yeah. So what do we have in store this year? What's the, what are, what's in the stars?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, right. Um, yeah. So I would call my overall assessment of 2024 astrologically is it's not a super active year. Astrologically speaking, there's a few key things that are happening they are big, but, but it's, it's, you know, there's not a ton of them. Um, so I think it's an opportunity for us to take full advantage of the things that are happening and, you know, use them to our benefit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice because this year that we're ending had quite a bit of stuff happening.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah quite a of bit of shifting year. and
0: that retrograde summer and all of that. So yes. I, I yeah. have to say, I'm, I'm happy to hear that there's this year isn't packed.
1: Yeah, it's not. Um, I, I, I mean, it starts off. It starts off with a huge shift uh, going in. Now we're in Mercury retrograde right now, so uh, maybe not so by the time this airs. It but will as- still
0: be by the time this airs. It'll still be in retrograde. Okay, yeah.
1: yeah so Mercury goes direct right at the beginning of the year. So um, I'm glad that it's the the, the downside of having it re- uh, retrograde during the holidays is travel can get all messed up, and so I I'm really hoping for a nice trip myself down to LA and for all other people traveling, that it's not too chaotic and that maybe these uh, airlines have upgraded their software by now, Uh, who knows, but that's the kind of stuff that goes to hell um, with the Mercury retrograde. Uh, So as far as your holiday plans, make sure you check everything twice (laughs) and be sure that you haven't forgotten something miscommunicated um, it, what's nice is that a lot of us have time off from our jobs during uh, the holidays, so we don't have to worry about like work snafus, but you might get into some misunderstandings or miscommunications with family, and that would be a bummer, unless you can keep yourself together and talk it out, and maybe it could be a good conversation, but just keep in mind that there's a lot of miscommunication going on, and so uh, just, just always be aware of that in Mercury retrograde. And then right uh, right as we get into January, uh, around January twenty first, we have a big event, which is Pluto is now moving into Aquarius again for the second time. So we had a little bit of a dip last year, just I think from March to May, and then this year we we enter Pluto enters Aquarius on the same day that the Sun enters um, its next sign. So that's uh, the Sun enters Aquarius with Pluto. So it's like the sun is ushering Pluto and lighting the path for Pluto to, you know, saunter off into Aquarius land, which I like that. I I think that's a nice, a nice little entry point for Pluto, even though Pluto is dark and and, you know, creepy. (laughs) The sun is actually just like lighting the path. So that's interesting. Um, We will spend a good portion of the year with Pluto in Aquarius. Uh, we will, though, have one more retrograde back to Capricorn. And I'll I'll mention that when that's going to happen later in the year. Um, but, you know, it's pretty exciting for Pluto to change signs. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I talked about this last year as well, but it's, you know, here it is. It's really happening uh, for, for realsy <laughs> now. And so I just want to, like, touch on some of those points that we probably made last year about this, you know, the reason astrologers get excited about, about planets like Pluto changing signs is because it only, you know, it only happens for Pluto every two decades. Um, So it's just a really long stretch. So, you know, when you, when you evaluate astrological events and you lay them over world events and history, that's where you can really start to see the influence of these outer planets on the collective as a whole and how we move and change and transform as a society from, you know, one sign to another. So at this point, I invite everyone to think back to, I'm sorry, yeah, 2008, around that time, uh, that's when Pluto moved into Capricorn. Now imagine everything has changed for you personally and for the world. And that's, you know, there's been a lot of change. Um and so that, you know, it allows us to look back and say, okay, where was Pluto's influence there? And certainly all of the all of the destruction that we experienced as a collective, um all of, you know, the shift in mentality around the haves and the have-nots. You know, we saw the beginning of the ninety-nine percent and all of that stuff happen during uh, Pluto in Capricorn, as well as you know, banking failures and you know the, but also the rise of new new currencies and you know cryptocurrencies and all of that. Like things have changed, and so with Pluto going into Aquarius, it's exciting because. Aquarius to me is very exciting. I think it's the most exciting sign. It is ruled by Uranus, which is the most exciting planet. And so it's, it's Aquarius is really the sign of the genius. And so Pluto there is going to it's going to Pluto transforms it digs up from underneath, like what's old and stale and doesn't we don't need anymore in order for us to like build something new. And so at this point, I feel like it's like all systems go on technological advances. I think we're going to see breakthroughs, inventions, like stuff we can't even imagine sitting here now. Um, And even if you think back, like we couldn't have conceptualized AI back in 2008, right? Right. Well, now we've got Aquarius in the mix and we've got, you know, Pluto will be in Aquarius until 2044. Wow. (laughs) So for some people, that's all she wrote. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I don't, you know, we'll probably make it through, but but, uh, probably not till the through the next sign but you know so it's just exciting this huge huge slow moving intense energy is shifting so it's exciting to see what's going to happen it's hard to predict it because uh it's aquarius and aquarius is the wild card so it's really hard to to sort of predict like what might happen but we can look back to when it happened before and see what was happening then so that was in 1777 to 1797 so that was a period where we had both the French and American revolutions yeah (laughs) so that kind of change like that changed the maps of the world (laughs) like that changed (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) so you know you're honest is the planet of change again? That's the ruler of Aquarius. Aquarius, um, uh, what's you know pretty exciting about it is hopefully all of us will have like an intellectual leap with all of this, or maybe, uh, maybe it's better to say we'll discover a new layer of, of intellectual depth within ourselves because that's the deepness of Pluto. Um, But it's definitely going to be in the realm of Aquarius, which is thoughts and uh, inventions and moments of genius and brilliance and epiphanies and breakthroughs. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm really ready for it to be out of Capricorn. Um, You know, some people when we were looking, you know, and experiencing Pluto and Capricorn for all these years, we've been like, you know, let's you know, get rid of all the systems that are old and archaic and patriarchal and hierarchical. I hoped we would have been more past all that by now, but we did shake shit up. You know, things like, you know, the the idea that there's any other way to organize, you know, yourself except in a hierarchy was a totally foreign concept. Now we kind of are starting to understand that there is another way to organize ourselves. We, we don't have to have power over anymore. And so that's, to me, what you, I think we can all uh, admit that as, as we are en- en- ending this time, that that's a big shift. All of us personally, maybe never even thought of another way before Pluto and Capricorn. And so now that Pluto's in Aquarius, all of that has been broken down, right? So it's all in pieces on the ground now and saying, okay, now we get to create something new and start trying shit out. You know, uh, you know, Aquarius rules science is it's all about experimentation. And so now we get to start experimenting with all the broken pieces. And, and we want to rearrange all those pieces into a way of into a a structure that will support the entire collective because Aquarius is about all of us. And that's oh. why the hippies thing about the age of Aquarius because it's about the collective. What, you know, it's, it. there's no me in Aquarius because it's all about us, Aquarius.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's really cute. Yeah. Also, if we're thinking about all of the um, innovations in medical stuff.
1: If oh we're yeah, talking
0: science! You know all of the DNA discoveries and cancer and all of that. That's exciting too.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't. Ex- I would almost expect us to see lots of illnesses cured during this time. I love I it. Think, I think that new and younger uh, scientists and in, in, that work in uh, medicine um, are probably going to stop. Wanting to keep people on drugs. Yes. They're going to want to start getting us cured. Now, granted, that's all tied up in our broken medical system. So let's hope that if anything that's lying in pieces on the ground gets reorganized for the benefit of all, that it be our medical system in the US. That would Agreed. be huge. Yes. I mean, it it would. Practically useless. Um it's like something you can't think about too much because it will piss you off so much you know <laughs> that's how we all know. think about it and so let's hope that that's a big one that will get restructured reorganized and and in a way that is you know better for all of us All right so that's you know that's right off the bat in January So then uh next event is in March and that's a full moon lunar eclipse in Virgo okay Oh, uh, remember that lunar eclipses are about, are about culminations and endings. So lunar eclipse is always a good time to like, let shit go. So I, it's always, it's never a bad idea to do some kind of banishing ritual for yourself, whatever that looks like. Oh, that so- Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, so some of the easiest ways to banish something is to write something on a piece of paper and burn it, or even put it in the freezer. <laughs> so just little simple things. Oh. Um, it's in Virgo. So that is a, an earth sign ruled by Mercury. And so with Virgo is all about perfection. And so there might be ways that we're, we're in the grip of perfectionism that we might wanna be able to let go of a little, like uh, allow things to be a little messy. Virgo is like shudder at the thought, but it's okay to be messy. You know, messy sometimes is the origin of genius because if everything's too in order all the time, then it's never original. It's it's the same every time. How do you grow? How do you learn? How do you expand? You know, I've been thinking a lot about chaos because I'm so obsessed with Eris. Um, and even though I'm not going to talk a lot about Aries today, one thing I do want to mention just because we're on the topic is, you know, without a little chaos and a little mess in your life, you, you don't ever move and grow and you certainly don't make leaps. What's so interesting about chaos is that it doesn't allow us to overthink when chaos happens, we act, we're on instinct and we're on intuition. When everything's falling apart, you're like, okay, you got to really rely on yourself to make quick decisions that, you know, sometimes these decisions could change the course of your life forever if you're if your life is in real chaos. So when life is in chaos, it allows a whole part of us to open up and be problem solving in a way that we may not invite otherwise, because it's all routine. We know what goes next. It's all in order. It's all what we expect. Well, something happens that we don't expect. And that is the room. That's where genius grows. That's where it lives. So uh, this is something I'm going to be working with all year is to just allow things to be a little messy. Uh, We are messy as humans. So, you know, this. Well, and
0: we we hear that like Einstein, you know, how incredibly messy that he lived and how he was, you know, Makes sense
1: in the mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And so it, it, you know, with this new moon, sorry, full moon, (laughs) lunar eclipse in Virgo, that might be a time to sort of start embracing this concept and opening yourself up to the possibility that a little mess can actually make magic in your life. Hmm. So, okay. So then we have next in April, Mercury retrograde in Aries. There's uh, two Mercury retrogrades in fire signs this year. The only reason that's notable is because it can get explosive when wires get crossed. So with the Mercury retrograde in April, it's a more of a time than ever to kind of like keep your keep your thoughts to yourself. Keep the stuff, you know, keep working on your inner inner Journey. That's what Mercury retrograde is for, because Aries is explosive. And so we don't want to you don't want to invite that into your misunderstanding because you throw that into a misunderstanding and now you're in a fight. Right. So it's just something to be mindful of. Um, and then immediately after that, we have the new moon solar eclipse, which is uh, the flip side of the lunar eclipse in that it's all about new beginnings. And it's in Pisces. So it's a water sign. It's really uh it's really sensitive. It's it's really illusory. It's it's weightless and boundaryless. Uh, so new beginnings, anything that you might spring out of your imagination could be a nice, a nice way to celebrate, you know, this eclipse. All right. So then we got the big event of the year uh on April 21st, which is uh, Jupiter and Uranus conjunct in Taurus. So the reason this is a big deal is because Uranus is like Pluto. It's extremely slow. It, it moves at a snail's pace. And Jupiter moves uh, around the entire wheel in, in uh, sorry, stays in one sign for a year. Okay. So there's not a big opportunity for the two to be conjunct. It doesn't, it happens every 14 years. Okay. Or this is sort of the big event of 2024 astrologically. So the last time that we had uh, this conjunction, it was in Aries and it was in 2011. Okay. This is a few of the things. Now, when we think Jupiter, we think big, expansive, benevolent, ex- you know, excess. It's, it's good stuff, but sometimes excess isn't good. Right, so there's there's two sides to to Jupiter. I like to love talk about Jupiter as you know Santa Claus, but it, it also can be too much, right? So that's the thing to keep in mind with Jupiter. With Uranus, as I said earlier, it's all about brand new ideas. But when uh, transits of Uranus sort of hit sensitive areas, we sometimes see you know global shifts and global events that shift everything. And so the last time in 2011, these are the the big things that happened that year was Fukushima. That shifted the world. Yeah. (laughs) There were uh, unbelievable blizzards and thunderstorms that killed people like more than usual. (laughs) There were also tornadoes that year that were just, it was just the world weather just kind of went nuts in 2011. Then we had one of the biggest WikiLeaks um breaks. So that's a Uranus thing. WikiLeaks is all Uranus. It's all about, it's all about shocking everyone, you know, and putting something out there that can really like alter other people's lives in like severe ways, you know, and sort of, you know, that it, it's that moment of what the hell happened? Like what? What happened? That's Uranus. We also had the Arab Spring, which oh, yes. was massive. Um, and we had the death of Osama bin Laden. And and then we rolled right into Occupy Wall Street.
0: Yeah, that was a big, year. Was big I was just going to say that was a big year.
1: <laughs> so I think that bigness is the Jupiter and the Uranus is the what? <laughs> so you put big and what <laughs> together and you got what?
0: <laughs> well in Taurus too did you say it was in Taurus yes with that I would assume that would be more earthy things happening then too
1: well yeah I mean the the alarming part of it is that you know last time there was all these natural disasters well this time it's in Taurus which you know is the sign of earthy of the earth and earthiness right right <laughs> so so it who knows? Tours also rules money. So I feel money. like there will be major shifts in the financial sector and maybe new ways of banking. You know, so some sort of radical overhaul of our banking system. Uh, there might be brand new financial technologies, advancements in digital currency and blockchain like that is already off to the races. It might just explode. Um There's also been a major advancement in environmental technology and sustainable practices. So that's where the Earth might benefit from this because there could be new new ideas and new inventions around that science on how to repair the planet. Uh, There's also, with this energy, a balance between personal freedom, Uranus, and material security, which is Taurus. And there will hopefully be a prompting of collective efforts to build our world into a place that values the common good. So we can all hope for that <laughs> <laughs> because we share this earth and I don't know, by 2044, as I was saying earlier, who knows what state the actual planet will be in.
0: especially at the rate we're going. Holy shit, yeah. let's
1: hope that this conjunction of those two powerful energies will actually like kickstart us and into even more technology and and solutions for our dying planet. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's gonna be... um, something to sort of observe, I think for everyone, it can be fun to be aware of it and, and then kind of watch what's gonna happen. Um, it It can really be shocking sometimes when stuff lands, so on the nose <clears throat> and it does seem to happen. I've noticed like if you pay attention to a transit and then you pay attention to that day, and then you look around the next day; it's like whoa. <laughs> so this is this is definitely one of those to watch because of, especially because of um, the nature of the transit. All right. So then uh, we go and in, get into May, and then we Pluto that has just moved into Aquarius starts to move back into Capricorn already. Um, that'll take a minute for it to get back to Capricorn. It doesn't re-enter Cap. Um, it doesn't re-enter Capricorn until September, so it doesn't re-enter um, Aquarius until November. But then, once it re-enters Aquarius in November, then it's goodbye Capricorn. So it's going to take the whole year to get Pluto firmly planted in Aquarius. Okay, so then in May, another big-ish event is that Jupiter is also changing signs this year. Uh, so that's a that's a uh a uh, 12, a whole it's a whole year that Jupiter's in one sign. So it's not as monumental as Pluto, but it's still interesting because Pluto really affects us all in what it it sort of puts a focus somewhere. So Jupiter and Gemini, it's actually in its detriment in Gemini because Jupiter rules Sagittarius, the opposite sign from Gemini. And the reason Jupiter rules Sagittarius is because Sagittarius says the bigger, the better. Like, so think of Sagittarius as like an entire, you know, novel or even a, a, a series of novels, 12 novels are huge or Harry Potter, like some massive story, right? That's what Sagittarius loves and then it loves to look at the big themes and the 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 big you know um philosophy it loves that big stuff Gemini's the opposite so where sagittarius is a novel gemini is like texting <laughs> quit it's fast it gets to the point it doesn't go on and and then next so it's quick 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 do it do it do it next And so Jupiter's like whoa, it's this big thing, and it's like whoa, what? It's way too fast for me, you know. (laughs) So, so that can create, you know, we'll see what that creates, but it it's definitely not at its most comfortable. Um, And so, but it it definitely is going to make all the Gemini stuff that much bigger. Uh, So it that's all about communication. I've always said that that um, Gemini rules. Social media and the internet. So maybe we'll see something over the next year, some big shift in in our social media. Maybe there'll be something new. Maybe some, you know, just something radically different, you know. But but I, that's kind of where I'm looking. Um, we also might have be feeling within ourselves a need to communicate more and a need a need to connect more. So. It might, you know, whereas Jupiter and Taurus was great for uh, this, you know, it it kind of fit the mood of the pandemic because it's like, I'm going to stay home. You know, Taurus loves to stay home. Ask me. I've got a Taurus moon. Like, I love to stay home. I love to stay comfortable. I love to stay in my slippers. Gemini... Uh, Gemini is very different. Gemini is like go out, have fun, meet lots of people, go lots of places, have lots of chats. You know, it's it's quick like that. And so, I feel like maybe we'll start to feel a need to even get out more. That we're all still, I think, struggling from the pandemic, and that it broke down all of our so social circles, and we're still just rebuilding them. Well, I feel like this year with Jupiter uh, in Gemini, it's going to give that all another push. And so, you might find yourself craving more social interaction. And if you do, then I hope that you do that because more connection between humans is a great thing.
0: And so. I have seen that a lot talking with my clients. That's it, a theme that's come up. Like I want more yeah. connection. I'm a little yeah. lonely, you know? Yes.
1: happened too. Yeah. I've just had a few readings recently where it was a lot about like, well, I lost all of that. That my social life went poof. You know, and so I think that we've gotten used to it too. And so I think, I think so it's too. coming around at just the right time where we're going to be like, let's go out. Let's
0: well, sleep. isn't everything always at the right time though, Deb? Yeah, it just kind of, especially when we look at astrology, it's like, this is perfect. It just happened like this. I have to say, I personally am excited because, of course, Gemini yeah. sun, Gemini moon, and I turned 60. So yeah. this is bit, I'm happy and I love Jupiter, my favorite planet. So you have to have
1: a big party. That's what Jupiter. You're, sure <laughs> you're right. I need to go big on this one. Go yeah. Big on this birthday, <laughs> if you can. Um, because that would be a perfect way to celebrate yourself yeah. and you know, the fact that this, you know, big bundle of, of hope and faith and abundance is now in your sign. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, that you, all you Gemini's out there. This is a year to, to grow. It's a year to grow. Don't stop yourself from that. If you feel it, grow it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. So then uh, in July we have Jupiter conjunct the North node. So that's exciting because the North node is destiny and the North node is kind of the reason you're here your soul anyway, like what it really wants to do. And, and with, the, with Jupiter there again, it just, it's gonna get bigger, right? So some of us might find that opportunities appear that get us sort of on the right path that we've been waiting for. So you kind of know you want something, it's over there. You don't know how to get from here to there. You can see it, but where's the pathway? You know, where's that opportunity? That could easily show up, you know, sometime in July. And it'd be like, oh, that's how I get there. So it's all about like allowing Jupiter to sort of point you toward your destiny. So if if your thoughts are too much in the here and now and the day-to-day grind of life, this might help all of us kind of expand a little bit and look up and and wonder like what the bigger story is for ourselves and want to feel um, more connected to that life journey and that life path. So uh, highly encourage everyone to learn about their North node because, you know, this doesn't happen frequently where Jupiter conjuncts because, you know, they move at various different, you know, I think it takes 18 months for the nodes and it takes a year for Jupiter. So the chances of them coming conjunct is is not super common. Um, so, why not like make the most of it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. think of july as like the the summer of desk the, the the summer of destiny in a sense and i have to say i love this
0: because in numerology it's an eight year um uh, oh. which is which is an abundance year and yeah. and like really finding your thing and yeah, so well, that that's lines exactly up- what i'm thinking yeah exactly it's perfect
1: And what's really cool is you can use the Jupiter in Gemini that comes first because something I neglected to say about that is I, you know, Gemini rules curiosity. So Jupiter there is going to make us all extremely curious and we're all going to be Googling and trying to figure shit out. And so that could open up a window to your destiny out through curiosity
0: yeah. If
1: you're curious, follow the thread.
0: Yeah. Because
1: by July, that thread is going to lead you to your destiny.
0: Oh, my God. I also know this is going to be a super busy time for me because people come like, what is my purpose? What? So if they're curious right. and what is my purpose, I yeah. right now I'm setting that up for that to be a busy time of business for yeah.
1: me. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I personally, like, I couldn't live without curiosity. I love it. I love that we have the internet at our fingertips. Anything we're curious about, we just look it up. Like that's just so insane when you, when you're a Gen Xer and you grew up without it. Like you just didn't, we didn't know anything. Well, my
0: mom and I were talking and we used to come up with these questions like, you know, but you ask now to to Google, Hey Google, what's this? And we would write them all down. And then we would go to the library like yeah. once a week when we checked out our books and we would look up the answers in the encyclopedia or whatever. It just seems so
1: old-fashioned. <laughs> I think that it's nearly impossible for people who grew up w- with the internet to, to possibly comprehend life before it. Yeah. We were all walking around with knowing nothing but what other people told us. Yeah that's it. That's all we ever had is what that particular teacher taught us. And then, you know, if we got really curious, then we could get a book on the topic and, you know, but as far as like getting the answer that you want, that's all sad, you know, getting the book on it. That's super Sagittarius. It's a long story. I just want to know like, what year did this happen? Or, you know, more about this person that I find fascinating. You know, that there is what if there was no biography written on someone? There's no, there was no Wikipedia to go figure out, you know, just the little day to day things that we're curious about. And we want to know, like, imagine how much more knowledge our brains are holding now than they would were when we were growing up. It's like, so I true. <laughs> just, I just, it, it's such a crazy thought. I, I feel like as different as a life is before and after the telephone. As before and after the internet or TV, and then as before and after the internet by the 2040s, something else, which we can't even imagine. You know, could be space travel. I don't know. (laughs) Lots of people (laughs) think that Pluto and Aquarius is going to bring aliens. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, a- along other, other little buzz phrases for Jupiter conjunct the North Node, fateful encounters or events. So, you know, let fate be your guide, um, expanding your beliefs, opening your mind to new ways and thinking and new ways of doing things. And then it's also kind of just a confidence boost, especially if you already are somewhat on your North Node path then you're probably just going to get a little push. So that's why with this happening this summer, that's why I think this year if you don't know about your north node, do that work. You know, learn about your north node. That way by the time this comes around, you'll know a lot more and and just to be clear, like the north node isn't going to give you specifics about who you're going to be or what you're going to do or what you're going to have. It's just gives you the energy and the energy of the sign of your North node. That's the vibe (laughs) that you want to be in. It may be something you don't understand because sometimes people have North nodes in places where they have no other planets. And they're like, I don't know anything about Leo or I don't, you know, but yet you got to figure it out. That's your fast sidewalk, So, so get on it. You know, other people are very lucky that they have planets surrounding their North node and that gives them a lot of help and understanding the energy. Also, if you have a North node in a sign that you don't understand, think about anybody in your life that is that sun sign and Just observe them.
0: (laughs) I do that with you, Deb. I'll give it away. Yeah.
1: (laughs) With cancer, right? Yeah. That's where your north node is. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So then uh, we start in on... Oh, no. Sorry. Then again in August, we have another Mercury retrograde, this time in Virgo. Uh, And then we have a Jupiter square Saturn. Now we're going to have two of those this year because of the retrogrades. So Jupiter, benevolence, hope, optimism, faith, Saturn, limits, focus, hard work, <laughs> nose to the grindstone, make that money. <laughs> and Jupiter's like, you know, let's go for an adventure. Let's go on a quest. So the two energies of Jupiter and Saturn are like, the yin yang polar opposites kind of thing so when they're in challenge with each other that can feel frustrating because you may have this big thing you're doing and then er, roadblock okay saturn will be like it's nope it's not up to my specifications you know and then you have to start over on something that maybe you've been gaining ground on so it can be frustrating um you could also be, because it's, it's Gemini and Pisces, because Jupiter's in Gemini, Saturn's in Pisces. The Pisces is all about feeling and the, and the Gemini is all about thinking. <laughs> so there's gonna be some conflict there between how you feel about something and what you think about something. You're gonna have to work that out. Now, keep in mind that the process of working that out or working your way around the roadblock Whatever that is, is going to evolve you. You know, these things don't happen for nothing. These things happen to help us grow. So if you hit a roadblock, understand that that's kind of harkens back to what I was saying about chaos. We hit a roadblock. It may not be chaos on the outside, but we feel chaotic on the inside. Because you're going in a certain way and traffic's light and you're going to get to your destination on time. And then, oh, the road's closed. You have to think on your feet. You have to figure it out. You can go moan about it and cry and go home. That's fine. There's plenty of things to learn that way. Or you can figure it out, get around it. And in so doing, you'll learn something major about yourself and you'll probably have a few breakthroughs. So I'm not saying we always have to do the hard thing. There are times when you, it is okay to go home and understand yourself in that way. But if you're trying to like evolve and grow and move forward, then when you hit a stumbling block like that, the best thing we can do, and I, I'm not saying I do this, but the best thing we can do is say, "Ooh, here's an opportunity to grow. <laughs> I know everybody wants to punch me in the face right now. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've said, I've heard other people say that shit, and I'm like, shut up! <laughs> but you heard really other people, is. you heard me.
0: I, that's my favorite. It's an opportunity, yeah. You, you, this is your
1: language. It you know. is. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be uh, a little frustrating. So that happens in August, and then it's going to happen again right at the end of the year around Christmas. So we'll okay. we'll touch on these again as we do our quarterlies, but this is just the overview. Okay. So then uh we have in September, Pluto re-enters Capricorn. So we'll see if that brings anything or, you know, around back again that we thought we'd gotten rid of. Um, then we have our full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces. That's the an ending culmination energy. Pisces is all about. You know spirituality and sensitivity and compassion and you know there could be uh some sort of energy in your life that you can't quite reconcile this would be that time to sort of you know under like go beyond yourself and try to understand things as pisces kind of floats around us and you know it's kind of everywhere it's very dissolved so try to use that to your benefit if if you can um And then, uh, October we've got the new moon solar eclipse in Libra. So, uh, that's a different energy. It's not the mutable energy that we've had for the first two eclipses. It's, it's a cardinal energy. Um, you know, Libra is all about compromise and all about finding common ground, um, Libra prefers to work out solutions rather than experience conflict. So that lever energy can be really good for for anyone who's trying to like uh, figure out a way through something that you're at a stalemate. So this this solar eclipse could like if you're if you're anywhere where you you're in a complete stalemate with someone or something, hopefully that eclipse will help you break through and find the common ground. Then in November, we have the re-entry of Pluto to Aquarius. So now that's what I was saying earlier. It's back for good. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, We have another Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius. And then the final gift of 2024 that we get to end with is Mars retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) Mars retrograde happens every three and a half years, I think. It can be frustrating because all your zip and go kind of dissipates because it's that energy of, you know, Mars is forward moving. It goes after what it wants. It grabs it. It takes it. Well, retrograde, it's like it gets really it loses its fire. It loses its gumption. It it just starts, starts to, you know, slide away from you. I have Mars retrograde natally. And there's so many things in this life that I didn't do because I lacked courage. Really? So many. Oh yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> I could write a book on all the lives I could have had if I didn't lack courage. But I struggle with courage because Mars is retrograde, you know, and in in Aquarius in a in an air sign. It's not in a, even in a fighting sign or a feeling sign. It's in a thinking sign. So when I get pissed, I think about it really hard. And then I think my way out of being courageous about it. <laughs> so we've got actually Mars retrograde in the opposite sign from where I have Mars, and that is in Leo. So Leo is a fire sign. Leo is super gregarious. It's super uh, up for anything. It loves to be seen. It loves to be known. It loves to be appreciated. It's a very loving sign. So all of that energy kind of going retrograde feels kind of cold. I mean, if you think Leo rules the sun, or, you know, then you can feel like, okay, maybe it might. And that's going to be the holidays. So. Who knows? I mean, the election still has to happen before we get there.
0: Yeah, really good point. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but based on what you see with the astrology this year, anything that would give you any hints at all about the election?
1: Well, I'm forever an optimist. Me too. I don't really try to look too much at the negative stuff, especially especially in astrology, because I'm not trying to scare anyone ever. I don't think that's helpful. I gave a reading the other day and she said, where's the bad stuff? And I was like, is that useful to you? You know, she was like, I think she was a Taurus. And I was like, you're probably pretty stubborn, right? Yeah, yeah. Does that get in your way a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's the bad stuff. Let's move on, <laughs> because you know I, I I'm trying to celebrate the the specialness about you in your chart. I'm trying to like bring out your superpower and help you figure out your life's course. Like, yeah, shit happens, and I'll definitely point out like, oh, that's probably a tough thing to navigate. That that you know that square, but mostly I'm going to say like it's going to challenge you there, and by challenging you, challenging you, it's giving you a chance to level up. So squares are like level up moments, you know? So all that being said, um, well, I just, it's so hard to predict predict the election. I, I feel like with the Pluto thing moving on into Aquarius, that looks like the collective maybe starting to figure out that we're more powerful than that guy. And so I'm feeling like it's the Gen Zers that are going to surprise everyone and that maybe people aren't counting on those votes right now. But, you know, there's a lot of them that are going to be voting that didn't vote last time and uh, the dictator didn't win last time. Right. So I just don't think that the numbers are there for Trump. I just don't think they exist. Now that doesn't mean he's not gonna do a lot of shenanigans. You know, he's also a Gemini and Jupiter's gonna be in his sign. So who knows what that looks like, you know? Um, He does, well, that will not be till December. I was gonna say he also is a Leo rising, but that's, that's not till December, so Mars retrograde in Leo could affect him at the end of the year in some way. Um, but uh, I'm hoping the other states get on board and start, you know, kicking him out of the election. You know, I'm, I'm sorry this is so biased, but this is just the way I think about politics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely biased towards the left, uh, and 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 di- uh, biased away from Donald Trump because I think he's gonna. You know, it's bad for everyone. But, you know, I think that we can just expect a lot of chaos in politics. Like it, I think it's so impossible to know. Yeah. How, it's gonna, how you know, how it's going to, it's not, not like any other election we've ever had ever.
0: Yeah. It's Every
1: not. way different. Yeah. So that Jupiter, Uranus honest thing. So maybe, you know, that's going to affect us in some way too. And that's going to happen in the spring. So we'll see how that plays out, but yeah, sorry. I didn't give you much. No, that's okay <laughs> though. You know, I hate <laughs> predictions it's just like, it could be anything. I don't know. <laughs> I never would have predict- predicted COVID and that happened. So, you know, so who knows?
0: Right. Who knows? So, well, all in all, it sounds like a pretty okay year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, anything you're with Uranus is exciting. So that's always fun. Um, But yeah, well, we're, we're just going to have to get through it. And, and uh, hopefully people are excited about 2024. I'm always excited for a new year uh, and what that's going to bring. And, you know, this year, there's definitely some things to look forward to and things to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Always. Always. Yes. So, well, Thank you. Thank you always. I always learn so much when we do these. And um, like I said, Deb has been my personal astrologer for about a decade. You can work with her directly. Her website is DebraNorton.com and I will put a link in the show notes. You also are doing a podcast now with your sister,
1: yeah, Co- I love Cosmic it.
0: Disruption.
1: Cosmic Disruption is the name of our podcast. It's on all platforms. Uh, our website is CosmicDisruption.com. Uh, we talk, we always have astrology, but we all also talk about weird and fantastic things beyond, you know, Yeah, outside. I have to
0: say, I love the episode about Taylor Swift.
1: And- <laughs> 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 Two episodes. I haven't heard the second one yet. Yeah. I know them. it's on my so list. One to watch really to deep it. dive on Taylor Swift's chart and everything that, as it happened to her in the last decade, uh, we touched a little bit on Travis Kelsey too, um, but and that was fun. Wow. What a fascinating person and a fascinating chart. And then we just did another episode on the, on this year and what's coming. And a little bit more on Travis. So, yeah, it's fun. Our Taylor Swift episodes are the highest, you know, that, you know, get the most most listeners out of all of them. Uh, you know, I am now a baby Swifty, a.k.a. a Taylor tot. <laughs> can I tell you something exciting too yeah so this summer when that whole north node Jupiter thing is happening in July I will be seeing the Eras tour in Germany <laughs> because I couldn't get tickets anywhere else <laughs> oh my god poor you Deb darn it so my husband and I were like yeah. I said but what if I went somewhere else in Europe you know t- tickets are less expensive um, and then he was like, well, yeah, heck, I want to go travel. And so we spent all day figuring out like the best time and the best show and what we could do around it on the trip. So we're going to go to Amsterdam. We're going to drive two hours to the show. We're going to go through the Black Forest up through Belgium and then back. So I'm going to have quite the adventure this summer. I'm excited. Wow. <laughs> and talk about perfect timing too. I know. I know. Oh my God, that's so cool. Swift, maybe she is my destiny. Who knows? <laughs>
0: Well, also, this is the time of year where Deb and I do a package. So you get an hour reading with her, a chart reading for an hour. You get an hour spirit guide channeling or spiritual mentoring with me. So an hour with her, hour with me for only $222. This is like a killer deal. It's one of my most popular packages. I will put a link in the show notes for that also. Um, it's super fun. It because yeah, already after, few- I already a yeah, go now ahead.
1: You in, you know, to the sale. Like we've already started doing the reading. Like, man, it gets so busy. Um, and yeah, so don't don't hesitate because you know the longer you wait, then the more our schedules get backed up. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and we want to see you and tell you about your new year. And what I
0: love is, I hear this, I'm sure you hear it too, is I will say something and then they'll go to you and it'll be in their chart and they'll be like, Renee just said that or vice versa. Deb just told me that.
1: It It happens almost every time.
0: Almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk astrology again in March. Oh my gosh. Here we go. 2024. Here we go. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Deb. We'll see everybody later. Happy New Year.